0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Wild Waysland. Uh, as always, I'm Dean Maldonado, and we have with us Michael Johnson. Yeah, the other host. D- of course. So That's why we have him with us. With uh, Who is us? It's all you and me. All of the listeners. Oh, all of them? Oh, it's not going to be an us and them kind of thing. The, you mean the theys? Oh, you're calling them theys now? Them are theys? Theys are them.
1: I don't know anymore. I don't know pronouns. I saw one with an X. Well, there's uh there's we're on our third episode of Nikola Tesla, right? We're gonna talk about him. You know what? Let's get into it, dude. I hear. Fine. I hear fine, you got yeah. a lot to talk about. Oh, I do.
0: I do. So yeah. So we, I I've, I finished up the docs. Okay. So I'll talk about the last two sets of documents. Oh um, Jesus!
1: You you already did one and a half, right? Now we well. Got so it. the
0: first episode was half. Okay. Now the first set was like.
1: 300 400 pages yeah, like three, three,
0: 300 400 pages and like it was split up into two into two parts. Okay. The second one is only like 50 pages and the third one was like another 100 maybe. Oh, so it was light reading for you. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So uh and that and the second set was uh the FBI trying to track members of uh the American Slav Congress Slav which com- <laughs> Yeah, it was like Slavs. a Slavs. Yeah, it was Slavs. this a group of people from the Slavic areas. Okay. Because at that point in time, it was like, like when Tesla was born, it was the Austro Hungarian Empire. Mm, yes. By the time that he came to America, it was like, I think it was Yugoslavia,
1: and then it broke up again, and broke up again. It, that entire region just kept breaking and reforming. Yeah, now it's the Czech Republic and uh, whatever else the other one is. Right? Yeah.
0: There's the Czech Republic and, uh, there's also Slovakia, and there's also, there's so many countries right there. I know. But, um, so they had the American Slav Congress, which is a bunch of, uh, very well educated, prominent Slavic people okay. in America that were basically trying to look out for the Slavic people's best interest. Okay. In America and back home. Seems now, like a lot, but sure. Yeah. Well, so they, what they did is they actually would, have yearly meetings and they would send out pamphlets, which were like Mm. a thick magazine. Um, You know, it had a bunch of articles, a bunch of stories. They even had like fictional stories, nonfiction stories, um, new findings, new songs, things like that. And so while Tesla was alive, he sat on the board of this, uh, of the American Slav Congress, which is why they were looking into this in the first place, but they highlighted an article called Nikola Tesla by Pauline Klopaka.
1: Okay.
0: Oh yeah. Now, obviously it's an article about Tesla. So it's going to give us an entire goddamn
1: backstory. on. Yeah, no, it has to. Yeah. It's the only way it's supposed to do it. Yeah. She literally
0: even quoted the entire, like, remember that section I told you where JJ O'Neill and prodigal genius described Tesla Mm -hmm. when he first came to America, she quoted the whole thing in the article. (laughs) Uh, but we actually we got another quote from Prodigal Genius that was describing a lot of Tesla's inventions, so I'll just read you that now. Okay. It was Tesla's invention of the polyphase alternating current system that was directly responsible for harnessing Niagara Falls and opening the modern electric superpower era in which electricity is transported for hundreds of miles to operate the tens of thousands of mass production factories in our industrial system. Every one of the oh, every one of the tall Martian transmission lines that stalks across the earth and those wires carry electricity to distant cities uh, is a monument to Tesla. Every dynamo, every motor that drives every machine in this country is a monument to him. He discovered the secret of transmitting electric power to the utmost ends of the earth without wires and demonstrated his system by which power could be drawn from the Earth anywhere. By making connection to the ground he set the entire earth in electrical vibration with a with a generator right yep with the generator which sp- sprouted a lightning uh, <laughs> God, Uh this whole thing's bouncing around on me right now no that's all right so let's see where was I right there sprouted lightning that rival the fiery artillery of the heavens damn it was a minor portion of this discovery that he create that, uh, yeah that he created the modern radio system. He planned our broadcast broadcasting methods of today 40 years ago when he saw the wireless only the dot and dash message that might save ships in distress. Tesla was an inventor, but he was much more than a producer of devices. He was a discoverer of new principles, opening many new empires of knowledge, which even today have only. Partially been partially explored. Uh, the only uh, in a single burst of invention, he created the world of power of today. He brought into being our electric power era, the rock bottom foundation on which the industrial system of the entire world is gilded. Uh, he gave us our mass production system. For without his motors and currents, this could not exist. He gave us every essential. Uh, he gave us every essential current for radio. He invented radar forty years before it was used in World War II. He gave us modern neon and other forms of gaseous tube lighting. He gave us fluores- fluorescent lighting. He gave us high-frequency currents, which are performing their electro, yeah, their electronic wonders throughout the industrial and medical world. He gave us remote control by wireless.
1: Holy shit! Yeah, yeah. He was a. He did a, everything. It was crazy. Changed the world. Seriously, yeah, and he did it all for relatively for free because none of those things were patented, right? Like none of those. No, no, he was really against patenting a lot of his things. Because imagine that, like if every dynamo engine, every electric, every AC thing that you see, if it was, um, if it was, what's his name? Uh, What the hell's his name? Who am I talking about? Who who did DC? You mean, uh, well, so. Edison, yeah. If it was Edison, all that shit would have been uh, copied. It would have been under his control. Yeah, yeah. I mean, now don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I mean, Tesla did
0: copyright. Yeah, he had had patent. He had to, otherwise, it wasn't his invention. Yeah, but he just gave the copyright and the patents to people. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he wasn't like uh, holding it with an iron fist. Exactly, because he also, as I was telling you last episode, he was very. I don't know, scatterbrained. Like, he would just get more excited about a new thing. Oh, so yeah. he's just like, okay, uh, yeah, here. Take this
1: patent and do something with it. Like, I basically did the entire thing. Yeah, like kind of like you and me, we, where we have ADD, where we're like, yeah, yeah, we want to do, oh, what about that thing? Yeah, but that thing's even cool. Well, that's fair. That's fair. Um, but yeah, like Edison did, was actually like an iron, like, when he invented something, like the camera, right? Mm-hmm. When he invented the camera, which was not Edison invention. Uh, he controlled that with an iron fist. Like, if you wanted to make a film, you had to pay Edison some money. Wow. Just to make a fucking film, mind you. Now, like, thank he had God. no creative control. Well, thank God that he did not uh, make the telephone. <laughs> yeah, that was... Um, Graham Bell. Well, that's under that's disputable, but well, sure. we can talk about that in another episode. Yeah, we can uh, talk so, about the 1920s so, inventions.
0: So, back to Tesla. <clears throat> um... She also notes in her paper that Tesla, on his 80th birthday, talked about how he had perfected a tube for atom smashing, and also he presented a system for interplanetary communication. Now we lightly touched on this last episode. Yeah. It's called the Tesla Set. Okay. And it's a uh, it's like a radio that last episode we were talking about. There was a woman and her husband miss margaret storm which we'll actually get back to later in this episode oh how they were um handing out that speech where he talked about the tesla set Mm -hmm. and that supposedly they had been working with tesla engineers after tesla died and they had created a tesla set and were talking with aliens okay so we'll get get to that in a bit that's wild yeah i know it's insane it's fantastic.
1: Like if I if I was that smart to invent interplanetary communication, I'd probably be scared of brain two. I'd be like, Man, I want to invent that, dude. Right. I'd be like, wait, what what's better than that? And i just keep on going from there. So the
0: FBI is primarily concerned with these pamphlets and their and th- this party because they think that they're gonna that they think they're communists. Mm, <clears throat> they yeah. think that they're communists and pro communists
1: This is during the Red Scare, right after World War Two.
0: So Obviously, they uh, their natural response is start
1: photocopying all of their pamphlets. Yes. <laughs> Photocopy everything. Wait, what are they talking about? Anything exactly. communist?
0: Even remotely communist. They just have one sad, sad person sitting in an office
1: <laughs> reading all these pamphlets. Now, Hoover was definitely fucking reading it with a dildo of his asshole. Just <laughs> like, oh man, I'm going to find these fucking reds. And he just has like a pen because the highlighter
0: wasn't invented. <laughs> um, Well, so they actually, a lot of the reason a lot of their articles that were noted was that they had a lot of, they really supported the uh, progressive party in 1948 okay that's uh a, it's a, that's not a party anymore okay. no 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 it disbanded in 55 oh, okay. um mainly because people kept thinking they were communists Never. <laughs> weird um it was led by FDR's vice president henry a wallace okay and it's uh you know, the, the party just wanted some really unthinkable, untenable, really un-American things. Yeah. They, in 1948, sought desegregation, the establishment of a national health insurance system, an expansion of the welfare system, and a nationalization of the energy industry. Get the fuck out of here. you
1: communist piece of shit. <laughs> I don't want any of this.
0: <laughs> and now 70, what? 71 years later we're uh we're we're, we're lobbying for the same stuff communists all these commies uh the best my my favorite thing about the entire thing is that i was very confused because the first page Mm -hmm. of the second set of documents was like just like the last page of a random ass interaction they didn't like tell you they redacted a ton of the names of course they do um and after I got to this point, I finally put two and two together. That was uh, communication from people actually on the board of the American wow. Slav Cong- Congress. Oh, yeah. Okay. And they were, <laughs> it was that one redacted person was uh, attempting to persuade the other redacted person mm. to really calm down about the fact that people were assuming they were communists. <laughs> and his advice to redacted number one was literally you know if you want them to stop thinking you're a communist just stop hanging out with known communists yeah but it's so fucking hard though man (laughs) it was all over the place (laughs) it was a a simple answer I guess you know which I mean that could have helped but
1: I love that mentality that's like a dad mentality like uh, eh you keep hitting yourself in the face how about you stop hitting yourself in the face so much it's like ah yeah no it's circular logic Reminds me of uh from Mike Myers' uh Love Guru.
0: Oh. And one of his books is titled uh Stop Hitting Yourself. Stop hitting yourself.
1: Seriously. Why are you still hitting yourself? Yeah. Uh Mike Myers uh, crown achievement, uh cinematography. Film, yeah, was was, was was building a
0: uh Vern Troyer sized office. <laughs> I never saw Love Guru. Oh, uh, you gotta check out that movie. It's fucking incredible. Uh, <laughs> so you know, now we start finally understanding why the Office of Alien Property took Tesla's items. It's because they thought he was a... He was a sympathetic to communists, yeah. yeah.
1: Well, he was also an alien. (laughs) We'll get to that.
0: Uh, Yeah, they thought he was a communist sympathizer. Um, Now, in an office memo from 1951, which, here's the thing. I I was watching the... um, the, the Mueller testimony.
1: Ah, yeah. That that uh, aired today. It
0: did, it did. But all of the press leading up, one of the big things they were focusing on is the fact that uh, there was a Department of Justice office memo, memorandum, an office memo, that was the reason, that was the reasoning behind the fact that you're not allowed to indict a sitting president. And, like, it's that powerful of a thing. And so when I'm reading these office memos, I'm like, holy shit, these actually... This isn't just a form letter. Mm-hmm. This is like has enough weight to affect something like the Mueller investigation. Wow! That, you know, thirty years later, after that one memo, they're still holding to it. So, Jeez. so the FBI disclosed in this fifty-one memo that they talked to, uh, Blois Fitzgerald, who <laughs> what? Bloyce? Yeah, Bloyce. B-L-O-Y-C-E. Okay. He
1: actually... That's a communist. No, no, no.
0: He he was very American. Ah, uh, good. I like him. If you remember from the first episode... Oh, my God. ...on Tesla... Yeah. You remember that lab assistant that called in to the FBI... Yeah. ...and told them about, like, different shit? And he was the one who I was like, oh, that sounds like if uh, Elon Musk was a uh, time traveler, yeah. that would be him because he kept wanting... He kept wanting Tesla to basically roll out a plan to gain excitement and then sell the first bit to monetize and uh, kind of bankroll and fund the rest of his stuff. Which yeah, is what, as you would do. Which is what the Tesla company does for all their cars. Yeah. Um, turns out that person that they never named is Blois Fitzgerald.
1: Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So uh, if you're listening to this uh, uh, chronologically, which you should be, uh, You're welcome. You can pop that in your notes. Yeah, exactly. We finally found out who he is. Yes.
0: <laughs> so, Blois stated he had uh, been an associate with Tesla in the Army and that the Army believes Tesla's death ray is the only defense against atomic bombs. Uh, they also learned that naval authorities made microfilms of all of Tesla's papers. Uh, Senator McCarthy furnished the Bureau... Uh, five communications received from a redacted person. Oh. Uh, Damn it. Which pertain primarily to Abraham Spanel. Oh. So Spanel, the guy who was in the room with Tesla when he died. Okay. His, his like, friend. Uh, this individual that the FBI at length in... Yeah, this individual mentioned that the FBI at length in these communications pointed out that Mr. Foxworth had been called in on the Tesla case but was killed shortly thereafter by who the government fbi well foxworth i also didn't know who he was at this point i found out later he's like an assistant director in one of the many bureaus oh okay Um, uh pretty high up yeah yeah he was pretty high up and it said that he further stated that he was associated with fitzgerald as such came in touch with tesla said the fbi investigated this matter but their hands were tied then there was nothing the FBI could do as they had been stopped from a higher level that Harvey Roth, the FBI agent who dealt with, uh, who he had dealt with, resigned and requested, redacted, never discussed the matter with him again, said, quote, that he had a wife and family to consider and that it, the last hope was Congress. Jesus. Mm-hmm. So it was the Senate that got rid of him. Well, so that, and that was given to the FBI,
1: in September of 1950. Oh, man, that was like when the uh, MK Ultra stuff was going around. Like, oof, the government definitely could have made you disappear back then. They could do it today, too, but they just make
0: it look like a like mm-hmm. you got robbed.
1: Or like you were like a crazy
0: guy trying to shoot people.
1: Yeah. <laughs> look at uh, Pizzagate yeah. and uh, the Hillary Clinton assassinations. Read re- into Pizzagate. Pizzagate, Pizzagate. They named it uh, Pizzagate to keep it stupid. Exactly. Yeah, I think.
0: That's why they're calling everything gate nowadays. Mm-hmm. They literally called the R. Kelly trial Kelly gate. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. They called uh, the the crocodile being stuck in the lake in Chicago. They called it croc gate. <laughs> they call it Gatorgate. I mean, like, they, they, they're, they're just adding gate to everything. It's stupid. Yeah. Can't wait until it's wasteland gate. I love how I love oh, how they I'll do, do that, too, because like people are like, oh, you get it because like of Watergate mm. and you're like, yeah. Do you know why it was called Watergate? And they're like, yeah. Um, You 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 say it. You're like, yeah, (laughs) because it took place place at the Watergate
1: Hotel. Yeah, the Watergate Hotel with the DNC. uh, What was it? The DNC convention. Yeah, it was where their offices were. But like,
0: it's the only reason it had gate. Attached to it. Yeah. It, says it was the Watergate Hotel. I had nothing to do with a person named Water. Or Water in general. Exactly. Like, it's just stupid to take Gate and add it to something and be like, oh, now it's like Watergate. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I feel like that's a, a modern invention, too. I don't think they did that since Watergate.
0: No, they haven't. Like it, it they, didn't just, call it they didn't call it Clinton Gate. They didn't call yeah. it Lewinsky Gate. They didn't call it Blowjob Gate. You know, like, it's ridiculous. <laughs>
1: the Dress Gate.
0: <laughs> they didn't call it a... Uh, Cum Gate. Yeah, yeah, mur- Murder of Diana Gate. Ooh.
1: That's because that's not a conspiracy. No, it's a proven fact.
0: Uh, So the FBI then in this memo said that Spanel was Mm pro-communist. Mainly because Spanel was a communist. No, he was suing them for libel. Oh. (laughs) Writing about him and slandering his name in writing. Yeah. Which they did it right there. Yeah. He was suing them for $6 million. Oh, yeah. No, that's definitely a communist. Get him out of here. So they they then confirmed that Harvey Roth did resign, and he his excuse was he wanted he he just realized he wanted to go into the toy business. Yeah, and they like even put the address of the shop and shit like that. Oh, like, oh really? Like God! Yeah, that same guy who was quoted as saying that he has a wife and family to think about. Yeah, and that the last hope is Congress. I just want to work with yo-yos. <laughs> I just want to do toys. I just want to stock puzzles, man. Yeah, no, that's I- it.
1: Why would I want to be an assistant director of the FBI? I would rather just play with fucking blocks all day. Sell the kids. And
0: so because this entire report was spurred by that, them being sued for libel. Yeah. Uh, it ends Literally, the quote on the last sentence was uh, that they're going to limit anything I can furnish him to public record material and will only go as far as needed to protect the bureau's interests. Mm. But that's basically the end of the communist stuff for right now. Okay. Okay.
1: All right. I know you're
0: getting a little. I saw you getting kind uh, of, kind of glassy eyed. You were really. kind Yeah.
1: No, no, it, it was uh, very entertaining. Wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your, your your drool uh, would beg to differ. I
0: was drooling over it. That's a good thing. I just love how. I mean, because it's so easy to forget, and like I, I. Forgot till I was reading through this shit again that like this country was so fucking riled up and terrified about communism and like
1: yeah well also add in the the civil rights movement at the time like yeah like, there's if, a lot going on in the but 50s if you and wanted 60s. to look
0: at like a true witch hunt like look at
1: yeah the blacklist the communist blacklist. yeah like the the searching for the communists oh my god that was a witch hunt especially within the FBI that's why we keep on bringing up Hoover cause that was his main goal was to and, and at the time, I don't know, like it's, um, with, with hindsight, it, you get a different point of view, but I imagine back then that'd be terrifying because Korea's going on. Yeah. They just lost half of it to the communist fucking party. Yeah. You just got back from war. Yeah. That most of these people got sent to
0: at like 16 and 17 years yeah, old. You
1: don't want to fucking do anything. Like, come on, man. No, now they're telling you, you have to go to Korea for, for communism. Weren't we just allies with those assholes? Right. Um, but when the iron curtain goes up, like, exactly like that would, that would be, that'd be a scary time. Like, why, I kind of get it.
0: That's why I have to laugh when like I hear when I'm watching interviews with our president currently, Oh, our, president <laughs> when and and pres, Trump, like when Trump goes and he's like, you know, there's never been a bigger political witch hunt. I'm like, uh, yes, yes, there, there has been. Have been. He's like, no one is no, no president has ever been tougher on Russia than I have. I'm like, what about when we didn't? acknowledge their existence <laughs> for like 30 years yeah. and their entire country fell to shit because we wouldn't send them anything yeah no and that they got was lo- they got stuck in the 90s for like 12 oh, years No, they got
1: stuck in the 80s they got stuck in the 70s like russia in 1990s was essentially germany in 1970 yeah and like that's being tougher on Russia is letting them fall apart like Jesus yeah, no. Christ. Like it, it's funny how we how we dealt with a lot of that um, the east west the east the east west thing. Uh, we uh, East German no, West Germany, we just put so much money into um uh, no, East Berlin. In we, yeah, West we, Berlin, we we'd... just sunk in so much fucking money to make it look like Oh, like, it's fantastic! But before they built the uh, before they built the wall, which you know, a wall is always a good idea, I guess so. Uh, before they built the Berlin Wall, East East uh, East Germans would go over to the West Germany and be like, "Wow, this is fucking amazing! Why Why would we want communism when capitalism has all the like? Yep. Everyone had new cars, everyone had good jobs, everybody was like having and a that, good time. And 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 while on their side of the their, their side <laughs> they had of to the, the waiting line for bread,
0: <laughs> yeah, and kids were uh, were building. We're using building blocks, uh, using just bundles of money. Yeah. Because hyperinflation. Everything, yeah. Yeah. everything went to shit. Um, so this brings us, and this is why I'm saying we're, we're basically past all the communism bullshit, because we're into our third and final trove of documents. Oh, wow. How is, how? What were you like mentally when you broke into the last uh, batch? I'm very excited, because I, I know I, this is literally the, the beginning of... The third set of documents is, you know, miles, miles, be miles further in, uh, just being known throughout society yeah, than anything else in this, simply because you remember how I was saying they had the TV show and the TV show was quoting like the 80, the, the 80 trunks and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's from this section. Oh, okay. In our third and final trove of FBI documents, it starts with literally the most noted piece of evidence in all of the documents, which is called the Interplanetary Session Newsletter.
1: Now, it came out,
0: it was uh, put out June 14th, 1957. That's a good year, man. 14 years after his death. And I'm so sorry. Uh oh. But I have to skip some of the news. Some of the, some of the newsletter. What? I really do.
1: What happened?
0: It's redacted? No. No, it's all there. The this in this point of documents there's like very little redaction. Okay. <clears throat> this is all getting wild and crazy. Mm hmm. It's just juicy. Oh, a little too it's juicy. It's so goddamn juicy that I um I I tried to make it concise enough to put in this episode and yeah. I ended up writing an entire second episode for it. So Oh. we'll put that out as its own side story because holy shit, it's uh the uh the excellent adventures of uh George and Dan it's gonna be a fun little uh
1: fun little trek through time so we're, so we're ignoring George and Dan right now we'll, we are we'll we have it. to
0: because uh. they they mentioned them again talk because they're promoting the two of them were on a press junk and they're doing a bunch of uh speeches so oh, okay part of the newsletter was saying who they are uh where they're talking and when you sh- why you should go
1: Okay, all so right. I'll skip to Margaret Storm. Oh, Margaret! Yeah, you were talking about you were talking about her with me. What's, oh what's, yeah, what's what's going on with Margaret? So
0: now th- I love this is that with, with the documents then they're on Adobe. I can just like cut out the actual documents. so I don't have to keep retyping all their shit. Oh, that's awesome. Um, and for the for for the listeners, you know, I I do want to say, I I'm sorry if my quotes go long, um, and they get kind of boring, but. I just I I have a big pet peeve against uh, of people who like cut things up. Yeah, misquote things. Or yeah, well, it's not even misquoting. I mean, you, you're you're quoting it, but by trying to make it more concise and cutting it down, like yeah, you totally change the meaning. Yeah, which is fucking the worst thing you can do. Yeah. So I, though you may suffer through, at least you know all of it. All right. Well, you also have a fast forward button. No, you don't. Don't tell them about that. Yeah, you can
1: also listen to us. I paid
0: Apple a lot of money to take that out of every single one of our episodes. Now you're trying to give them the option?
1: No, I usually fast-forward the episode by 50% anyway. Oh, you son of a bitch. We actually record for two hours. We talk really slow.
0: So, Margaret Storm has been assigned to work with the space people as follows. She is writing a book, Return of the Dove, a story of the life of Nikola Tesla scientist and the part uh, the part his inventions will play in the new age much of the data for this book has been supplied to mrs storm through transcripts received on the tesla set a radio type machine invented by tesla in 1938 for interplanetary communication tesla died in 43 uh, and his engineers did not build the tesla set until after his death we talked about this earlier yeah it was placed in operation in 1950 and since that time uh, the Tesla engineers have been in close contact with spaceships. The space people have visited the Tesla engineers many times and have told us that Tesla was Venu- was a Venusian from ah. Venus, uh, brought to this planet as a baby in 1856 and left with Mr. and Mrs. Tesla in a remote mountain
1: province that is now Yugoslavia. Of course. it all makes sense to me now. He's a Venusian. Yeah, he's from Venus. Yeah. He's, a, he's an alien. No, that makes that makes the most sense.
0: And the funny thing is that there, it's very like commonly stated that Tesla was born in a lightning storm. Yeah, that and, makes uh, sense. Yeah, yeah, it'd be, it'd be, it would be the best cover for a ship to drop him off, and why he loves lightning so much. Oh yeah, he
1: loves electricity.
0: So she goes on to talk about, um, prodigal genius, and how that book covered most of the technical life achievements of Tesla, mm-hmm. but it didn't. But she said it it mischaracterized him because it didn't bring up his esoteric nature. Uh, But she did note that because of that, she was very happy with Prodigal Genius because it meant that she did not have to delve into any of those things in her book. Ah, perfect. And remember, this came out on the 14th of June. And uh, so she offers a sneak pe- a sneak preview of her book because she wasn't going to finish it by the publisher deadline, mm-hmm. which was uh ju- was, which was June 30th. She had like 16 days. And she's like, I'm not going to finish. So here's one page for you. Jesus Christ. Just so you guys know, you're still excited.
1: <clears throat> Publishers were rough back then. Goddamn. Got 16 mm-hmm. days to write a book or else uh, we're not going to do it. So sections
0: will also cooperate by offering it to the members. Whatever. Um, it was saying that like this is, this book will be taken on a tour on the nation and mm-hmm. other places can offer it for their people to read. Our world situation is not hopeless by any means. Although the space people bluntly inform us that as a race, we are too lazy spiritually. We must become more potent if we are to hold this planet together against the dark efforts of the forces to blow it to bits. So let us look for the good news. Look for good news from England, where the message, where the messages of George King have at last reached the scientists, the press, and the Queen. Look for good news from Calvin Gervin of California, who is one of the best space contacts in this country. Look for more good news at the Van Tessel Dan Fry lecture on June twentieth. That's George and Dan. Oh, we hope to see all of you there. I told you they're plugging them yeah they're on the ballroom seats about (laughs) 1200 and we must put forward every effort to get behind these speakers and support them then on july 1st let us keep our eyes on the skies the space people are going to make every effort to give all of us a chance to see the ships however if the military uses jets in large numbers to chase the spaceships we may not see them as citizens you can urge the government to be more cordial to our visitors now for some unpleasant news Mm. This has been transmitted from Mars Sector 8 through George King in London. We have been we have we have to begin paying off our karmic debts in the form of disease which cannot be abated unless we discontinue the nuclear experiments. However, to help all of us through the coming period of of epidemics, the space people have placed four space stations in orbit around the Earth. They will start magnetizing the Earth at midnight July 21st. Through meditation, we can absorb these healing rays. The Martians have clearly indicated that they are just about fed up with our depravity on this planet. Apparently, even space people have become uh, can become can become impatient. I thought you were
1: gonna say can become cunts, basically, but impatient. Wow, yeah, Isn't like, that insane. I hate that shit. You know, all these like alien, like hippy dippy people, like oh, aliens are saying that we ruined the planet.
0: Yeah. Well, I did watch a documentary that came out in 2017 actually on UFOs. Yeah. And it was really good because what they were doing is they were interviewing uh these military pilots, yeah, who are in like their 90s and so they're not really worried about talking about
1: any of this shit anymore. Well, also the Air Force changed how you can report UFOs now. Really? You can report them now. Yeah. Um in the last like year or two uh there's just been a, a fucking sl- like air, air air force pilots are coming forward and saying, "There's a bunch of lights happening all the fucking time. We have no clue what these things are. Mm-hmm. Are they enemies? Are they ours? No one tells us. And uh, now the air force is allowing them to report on it. And, and you can actually find a flood of reports now from airmen. That's awesome. But
0: yeah, those those guys we're talking about, <clears throat> you know, there are a lot of times they would be out in, in training in the ocean, just anywhere around the world, training with a new. Jet that's supposed to be literally the fastest thing ever created by man. Yeah, and they get outmaneuvered, uh, and they get outmaneuvered in the air. Yeah, um, which to me this points a lot towards because one of the things that they also discussed was that it really started becoming a bigger thing once after the first uh, atomic bomb atomic test. bomb test. Yeah. yeah, and that um <clears throat> they even noticed that if an atomic bomb was ever shot towards the sky in that time that they actually had noted multiple occasions of a craft coming and shooting a beam of light at three or four different parts of the missile and the missile would just stop and just fall out of the sky and would be deactivated. And so basically they thought that You know the 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 aliens were not happy with humans because we were experimenting with nukes. Yeah. And that their big concern was that they want they just wanted to make it so he could not shoot out of our planet. Ah, they were like, ah, just keep, it, just keep it inside the planet. That's fine. Just don't you dare
1: get it out of there.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So I mean, how do you follow that up, right? <sighs> I have no idea. Uh, I mean, come on. <clears throat> they just they just had a document telling us. You know, relaying that there are space people who have been talking with humans for a long time. We have contact with uh, people from Venus, with 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 Martians, with Venusians. That Tesla was a Venusian. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I mean, this brought me onto that uh, other woman that I was telling you about. Um, what's her name? Margaret. That's uh Or Ormacon
1: or-, 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 or Oh right. Or- the uh, the other Venusian.
0: Yeah, the woman from the the seventy. Uh, she was. She was born, she was, uh, supposedly she took over the girl's brain in 1955. Okay. uh, And she was a Venusian. Yeah. So, you know, some of this is kind of, you know, when you extrapolate and you kind of look at the giant picture of all of the reports, like, they don't know each other. They're reported on in different decades, if not centuries, and their stories line up Mm -hmm. date-wise, too. It's crazy.
1: Yeah. No, that's crazy. That there's
0: Venusian astral beings and Martian beings communicating with humans mm-hmm. to try and stop us from doing stupid shit. <clears throat> well, don't worry. The FBI doesn't let us down. They give us some oh, more good. juicy shit. <laughs> they
1: what give us what, what are they do-
0: What are they doing now? Well, they're really what they're trying to do is they're trying to find Tesla's stuff at this point.
1: Okay. The and 80
0: trunks? The 80 trunks. And I'll tell you about that in this. So we get a memorandum from Mr. Foxworth Oh, in 43. Now it says, Mr. Spannell, gives his address, telephone conversation with the writer during the late evening of January 8th, 1943, stated Nikola Tesla was one of the world's most outstanding scientists. Uh, particularly in the electrical field, who had passed away on the 7th um, at the Hotel New Yorker, where he maintained his residence, during his lifetime conducted many experiments in connection with wireless transmission of electrical power of what is commonly called the death ray. Spanel further stated that the notes and records of Tesla's experiments and formulas, together with designs of machinery necessary to vitalize them, are among Tesla's personal effects and that no steps have been taken to preserve them or keep them from falling into the hands of unfriendly, yeah, of people unfriendly to the war effort of the Allied nations. Spano continued by saying that a distant relative of Tesla, Kosnovich, who was not liked, is trying to obtain these documents. Mm-hmm. Spano believes that there is a strong likelihood Kosnovich uh, making the material the material available to the enemy if he is successful in obtaining them uh, he advised that he is engaged in some kind of governmental work connected with the war effort which causes him to spend about five days each week in DC um, and because of the connections have made him uh, has had him deem fit to technically literally to, to telephonically tell like call yeah G2 headquarters in Washington DC as well as mr. Borkin, Remember that guy from earlier? Yeah. Of the Department of Justice. Uh, he stated that Borkin advised him that Borkin, that he, Borkin, would immediately make the information available to the Department of the FBI and advised Spanel to lose no time in taking steps to see Mr. Tesla's personal possessions were not disturbed. Oh. A few minutes after this conversation with uh, Mr. Spanel, again, telephonically contacted the writer, and advised that he had been in telephone communication with Dr. D. Lozado, uh, one of the advisors of Vice President Wallace. After talking with Lozado, he, Lozado, called back to Spanel and told him that the government was vitally interested in the effects of, and particularly those dealing with, wireless transmission of electrical energy and the death ray. And for Spano to lose no time in doing all he could to preserve them. So the vice president's aide told Spano on the phone. Yeah. The day after Tesla died. Yeah. Okay. He's like, we want everything on electrical energy. We want everything on the death ray. Get it quick. Make sure you get it quick. Yeah, yeah. I can, I can definitely understand that. This is like, <laughs> this is big shit, right? Because this proves... The FBI, literally the day after Tesla died, confirmed with multiple agencies, agencies yeah. that we want this stuff. You need to get this stuff quickly and make sure no one else can have it. At the same time, you remember those first couple hundred pages of them literally telling the family, yeah, telling
1: everybody, telling in the everybody, world. Yeah.
0: we have no interest in it, we don't want it. We Oh, yeah, the Office of Alien Property got it, but, you know, there was nothing that good in it. So, you know, uh, really, we're we're not really talking about it. We're just going to stay there for the family. Yeah, the family. Assholes.
1: This also proves a lot of conspiracy theories because everyone always said, like, back in the day, like, in the 80s and 90s, like, every documentary that you always watch and that kind of crap, it's always like, yeah, the government took all the Tesla stuff the day after. And everyone's like, all right, buddy. Kind of like, oh, it's kind of, oh, that's kind of conspiracy theory. Oh, they're crazy. But like, here's an FBI document. No, not a, the vice president's assistant of, right? There's the vice president's assistant who wrote this or the FBI.
0: Uh, it came from, so he was an assistant of another department of jo- of the the investigations
1: in the FBI. Okay, so so somebody high up. like he's, they, he's in the FBI. That they're showing that there's extreme interest in it. The day after. The day after, exactly. Not the, his, his body isn't even cold yet. No. Not even on the slab. He still smells like a well, technically, sausage. And- technically,
0: this was written two days after because it's talking about what happened the day after in detail. It says, in the last conversation with the writer Spanel, uh, advised that a young man by the name of Blois Fitzgerald. Sounds familiar. Fi- an electrical engineer had been quite close to Tesla during his lifetime and in fact was the prodigy of Tesla. Wow. Spanel said that Fitzgerald was in New York City and would be in contact with him shortly. At the time, he would have Fitzgerald call uh, the writer. So 10.30 p.m. on the 8th, Fitzgerald telephoned the writer, said that he had a great deal of information about Tesla and his personal effects and would like to call at the office and give the uh, writer the benefit of his knowledge. So he calls back at midnight, uh, says, you know, Tesla, native of Serbia, came to the United States late 19th century, came famous for that that for the nuclear power, for the nuclear power plant, Niagara, sorry, for the Niagara Falls power plant. Um it wasn't a nuclear power plant. It exactly. Was just no, a, damn. No, he was very against nuclear. Really interesting. Tesla hated nuclear. I wonder why. Do you um, know why? Yeah. It's because uh and we'll get to that in a bit. It's because he really just felt that people didn't understand it and that it wasn't they weren't getting the energy from what they were thinking they were. And he was basically saying that the majority of the energy they were getting was from the earth Mm -hmm. and that they were reading it as this nuclear energy and that they really, the people just didn't know what they were doing. And they're very, very dangerously testing
1: very unstable things. Yeah. No, uh, from my understanding of nuclear energy and how it's produced, it is like one, when you break it down, it's, it's just a steam powered engine. It's just a. It is. They just put, they just put something, something that will make, make water constantly. Yeah, really hot. Yeah, it's, it's like for a long time. It's like wait, that you're you, like it seems stupid, right? It seems like wait. It seems this very thing, dumb. This thing that's producing heat, you're just using it to boil water. Exactly. Like, so, I don't know. Yeah, I can I can definitely see where he's coming from. Kind of like uh, that uh Einstein his his uh, b- the biggest thing that he wanted to disprove was the concept of gravity. Because it doesn't make any sense. Hmm. Like, nothing in nature, nothing in the universe pulls something towards it. It always pushes something away because pushing is a lot easier than pulling. Yeah, I mean, that's why every
0: propulsion thing on this earth, this is, why we're, this is what we were talking about with Bob Lazar, Yeah, is that all vehicles push something out to move yeah. themselves forward.
1: Nothing in the world pulls. No. Except for gravity, which is the main construct of everything, so something there is 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 weird, is different.
0: Yeah, something's just not sitting well. So to substantiate this, Fitzgerald displayed a great number of old newspaper clippings and an album of letters written congratulating Tesla on the seventy-fifth anniversary. Uh, the Teslas, sorry, the letters were world, were from world-renowned people in the scientific field. Tesla, by reason of his Wizard by what? <laughs> yeah, Tesla by reason of his wizardly wizardry. Okay, uh Were became, you reading
1: Harry Potter or something? What happened here?
0: No, listen, Tesla by Tesla by reason of his wizardry became a consultant to Marconi, Charles Edison, and many others. Tesla's induction electrical motor was sold by him to Westinghouse for two and a half million dollars. My
1: goodness. That's back then money.
0: Yeah. Oh my
1: god! I don't even want to do the 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 uh, inflation calculator for that. It's probably like 50, thirty or forty million dollars now, or something like that. Forty is this nineteen forties money or nineteen thirties money or nineteen twenties money? Well, because it gets more and more ridiculous the further back you go.
0: Well, it would have been when he sold the motors to Westinghouse. Uh, so probably like 19... 19- money Oh shit. Yeah. Probably like a hundred million then or something crazy. Probably almost a billion. <laughs> it's a trillion dollars. It's insane. They just gave them. Uh, they just so Fitzgerald stated that of late years he had become a confidant of Tesla and knew that Tesla had and was carrying, uh was carrying on extensive experiments for transmitting electrical power by wireless and with propelling electrical rays, possessing sufficient power to destroy implements of warfare, such as airplanes and submarines. Within the past month, Tesla told Fitzgerald that his experiments in this connection uh, had been contemplated and perfected. Fitzgerald also knows that Tesla has conceived and designed a revolutionary type of torpedo, which is not presently in use by any of the nations. It is Fitzgerald's belief that this design has not been made available to any nation uh, up to the present time. Now, statements from Fitzgerald uh, made to Fitzgerald by Tesla, he knows that he completed the plans, specifications, and explanation of basic theories of these things are some place in the personal a- uh, are some place in the personal aspects of Tesla. Fitzgerald also knows that there is a working model of Tesla's which costs more than $19,000 to build in a safety deposit box uh, of Tesla's at the Governor Clinton Hotel. And from statements made by Tesla, Fitzgerald believes it has to do with the so-called death ray, or wireless transmission of electrical current. In past conversations, Tesla has told Fitzgerald that he has some 80 trunks in different places containing manuscripts and plans having to do with experiments conducted by him. Fitzgerald knows that Tesla has for several years stored some of his possessions in a warehouse someplace in New York City. Of recent years, Tesla has become more or less destitute, and for the past three or four years, the government of Czechoslovakia uh, has been paying for paying him a, substan- uh, yeah, a substance of $500 per month part of which is used to pay the rental
1: for the warehouse accommodations. Mm. So, so this is a paper trail. This is a paper trail leading to, like, everything that we've been talking about. Exactly. Instead of, like, just one document saying something, now we have another document confirming it. It
0: confirms everything.
1: Yeah. Which is weird that we found at the last
0: patch. Yes, yeah, it's, it's in the very end. What the fuck? Um, <laughs> after this, you know, after that, it's just, like, so they're called teletype memos, and it's just a phone call that they type out. Oh, so it's been stenographed or whatever? Yeah, or? they they do that for anything uh, when you call in. And the first one was literally just the teletype messages from what I just read to you. Okay. So that was really fun to read that in all caps. Um Stop. Stop. Mm-hmm. Stop. So the second teletype is more interesting. Oh, okay. Because it says how the safe was opened... Uh, and Sweezy took a book from the safe, which was compiled from letters to Tesla. Yeah. Uh, Kosnovich took three pictures of Tesla from the room and then closed the safe and sealed it. Kosnovich was the only one who uh, knew the combo after they had that uh, safe cracker open it. Yeah. Funny enough, they actually um, later... Like, I had to sift through a shit ton of documents because Sava Kosnovich um, started getting threats, Mm -hmm. and he was a good friend of the New York mayor, LaGuardia, that the airport's named after. And so the FBI investigated and told him, well, if you stay out of the newspapers, you should be fine. Um, So, yeah, they say in uh, in this teletype, that they moved Tesla's, uh, that they moved the, the safe and about two truckloads of material to the alien property control warehouse.
1: Okay, so probably about 80 trunks. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: But the warehouse notes that they already had approximately 30 barrels and bundles belonging to Tesla that had been there since 1934. Okay. Now, that was what they were just talking about. I says in past conversations, Tesla told Fitzgerald he has 80 trunks in different places. So, 30 of them were in the alien storage unit already. That's that warehouse no, no, no. or whatever. No. The, and then he was also saying that he had other possessions in other places. Yeah. These weren't the trunks. No, these were barrels. 30 barrels and bundles of like papers. Yeah. And those have been there since 1934. <sighs> he forgot about them. He's like, I'm moving on. There was also some property. This is in the Teletype. Uh, said to be a working invention in a safe deposit box in the yeah, Governor 19, Clinton 000 Hotel.
1: 000,
0: yeah. Uh that the hotel would not release to anyone until someone paid the $400 bill they were still owed for that safe deposit box. <laughs> You're never getting that money. <laughs> right? I'm like, come on. They I got the is government. still there. I'd pay $400. Well, no, n- they don't have what number it is. Oh, what?
1: Safe deposit box?
0: Yeah, they didn't that they they wouldn't disclose it cuz I was watching one where they actually went there like a while ago and At this point in time, Tesla. I mean, I'm sure at some point somebody got it. Yeah, damn it! Like I say, Westinghouse paid him like two and a half million dollars thirty years before that. Four hundred bucks for someone from Westinghouse would be like nothing. Yeah, but you know. And then they put the uh, the letter from John G. Trump in there again. Now I kind of breezed over this letter in the last episode. Yeah. Um, because it starts with him saying that he. Cause he, so John G. Trump was the head of the Department of Alien Property. Yeah. Um, and his job was to sift through all of Tesla's items and report back if anything was worthwhile. Mm-hmm. So that's all we really covered last time. Yeah. What I really want to get into is the exhibits that he gives. He lists out these exhibits, Exhibit A through, I want to say like, Q, yeah, through Q of things of note. So Exhibit A, it discusses high voltage DC power and Tesla's wireless tower. Okay. Exhibit B, documents showing the calculations of the explosive power of certain compounds and the possibility of transmitting power through mechanical vibrations in the Earth's crust. Yeah, the rod idea. Yeah, but it was the calculations and schematics for it. Yeah. Like of how it would the, work, the actual math for it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Exhibit C, 41 pages on new theories of capillarity and surface tension. No idea what that means. Well, at least surface tension. You know, like how I mean, if he had if he had found new shit on surface tension, we could have, you know, really uh, revolutionized a lot of water. Yeah, things we do with water. I mean, boats, all the navy, all the torpedoes, all that shit like revolutionized that entire part of the industry. Uh, Exhibit D was answering the questions raised by Soviet engineers in 1935 about generating high voltage by electrostatic means, which literally he got questioned by these Soviets who were like, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Why would that ever work? And so this entire thing was him answering and breaking down how to do it how it works, yeah. why it works, and then keeping it for himself. No, I mean, it, I guess he just never sent it. He it was a letter he just never sent. Fuck him. Um, they exhibit... still waiting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, exhibit E is another letter detailing how to send energy through the Earth's crust. Um, no, a lot of energy through the Earth crust. That was his earlier work. Oh, okay. That was all the whole like if if you have a rod and you can put it on the ground, I can send you electricity. Yeah. That was the earlier work before he went and started working on sending uh, electricity through the ionosphere, Yeah, which he was talking about the ionosphere before it was scientifically noted. Yeah, they were like, what are you talking about? He's like, they're like there's nothing there. He's like, yeah, there's an entire level of our atmosphere there. Yeah. And they're like, no, what do you mean, the air? There's more air above our air?
1: Yeah. Like, yeah, uh, kind of. It's like filled with electricity. It's like a sky <laughs> where the clouds live. Yeah. no above that.
0: So exhibit F is called uh, the new art of projecting concentrated non-dispersive energy through natural media. Oh which is an undated document by Tesla describing an electro electrostatic method of producing high voltages and capable of very great power. This generator is used to accelerate uh, charged particles, presumably electrons. Such a beam of high-energy electrons passing through the air uh, is the concentrated non-dispersive means which energy is transmitted through natural media. Uh, as, component of an appara- as a component of this apparatus, there is described an open-ended vacuum tube within which electronics are first accelerated. So literally it's uh, the schematics of how to send energy and not lose the energy while sending it through the air.
1: Oh, okay, yeah, because I imagine there'd be a lot of uh, loss, lossless or lostness. Yeah, no, they, they would lose a lot of the energy. Yeah, be same a very, thing with uh, like cables. It'd be a very inefficient process. Yeah, the only thing that uh, you have lossless uh, signal uh, strength I think is through um, what's it? Fiber optic cable. I think that's the only way to get. Uh, you can go on infinite because wow. of the way that it the way that it is, like light can just travel forever in it. That's crazy. Like Uh, every copper wire, everything else, uh, there's a loss. Yeah. Well, I mean, electricity
0: can't always go where you want it.
1: Unless you have a rod in the the ground. Yeah,
0: Then you can just send it anywhere. So Exhibit G uh, is an article on Tesla where he's describing Exhibit F in detail. Exhibit H are letters to representatives of the British government. And I put two and two together and found the dates and... Those letters to representatives of the British government was when he was trying to make that deal with Churchill.
1: Oh, son of a bitch. Remember? Yeah. yeah. Mean, he from was the first to, episode. Yeah, from the
0: first episode. He was trying to make the deal with Churchill to sell him this weapon. Yeah. Churchill's like, no. So, Exhibit I is an undated memorandum written after Tesla's 79th birthday describing several discoveries which he believed he had made. The first related to a dynamic theory of gravity which is described as not yet completed. The second stated as a physical truth of belief that there is no energy in matter other than that received from the environment. This second statement, which is discussed at length uh, in this and other writings of Tesla, indicates his belief in the existence of atomic... uh, His disbelief in the existence of atomic or nuclear energy. Mm. Similar to what we just were talking about. Yeah, so those are all of his writings about why atomic energy is not what you should do.
1: Yeah. You had to figure something else out, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, Exhibit J is another memorandum. Like you could just, you could get like, honestly, you could probably tap into a volcano and get the same effect from nuclear power. Entirely. Probably be even more efficient. Be way more efficient. Because you
0: wouldn't have nuclear waste. Precisely. It's waste is its power. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's like, it's like we're a bunch <laughs> of dumb a, monkeys. It's a it's a self feeding uh, yeah. loop. It's Like we're a bunch of dumb monkeys that find the most amazing thing in the world, and we're like, yeah, let's put a let's just put a bucket of water over it. <laughs> Heats it up. Uh, so
0: Jay is another memorandum. Uh, this description is as follows: Briefly stated, my new simplified process of generating powerful rays consists in creating through the medium of a high speed jet of suitable fluid of viscous yeah no sorry vacuous space around a terminal of a circuit and supplying some of some with currents of required tension and volume so it's literally him just going into detail about how to generate these powerful rays and what kind of a medium you would use mm-hmm. and need to keep them going oh, okay and remember Trump said there was nothing of merit in these documents.
1: Well, you know, all this stuff is pretty dry. It's kind of building on each other. <laughs> Weird. Well, it's pretty funny that out of like uh, how many numbers is Q? Like 5th, 20 or something? I don't know. A, B, C, D. Like 15. Like 15 groundbreaking scientific things is it's pretty impressive for any uh, scientist and they're just like sitting there.
0: Yeah, these are these aren't even the things that people know about, and we have like seventy
1: groundbreaking things. Yeah, them. we already have we already have. Seven. This,
0: this is like when Prince died, and, and they, they found, found the vault, the vault in his house. Yeah,
1: like wait, what? He literally was recording like seven forty hours a a week. It's yes. like, oh wait,
0: you mean to tell me that there's actually a seventeen times the volume <laughs> of his lifetime of work that he didn't even release? Oh man, are Crazy. you saying?
1: You're, are you saying that you could he could release an album a year for the next 100 years posthumously? Insane. So,
0: uh Exhibit K is a letter to from Tesla talking about this new uh form of science, ah. which he calls a new art. He says yeah, he he, he calls mentioned it a, art a few times. He calls it a new art which unbelievable uh, with which unbelievable wonders can be achieved. What's he called it? It's called tele, telegeodynamics. Yeah, telegeodynamics. Mm. And he spent, the lawyer's talking about how he literally spent half a million dollars obtaining licenses for it. It's weird. Like through the government to be like a recognized thing. Oh. Uh, exhibit L is uh, Tesla's new system of fluid propulsion. 20 typewritten pages describing a system of fluid propulsion in which the conversion from hydraulic to rotary mechanical power is achieved by passing the fluid between flat circular discs, shaft mounted and enclosed in a casing. The dude was trying to like even modernize pipes, yeah, no, like pneumatic, like that's yeah, that's, the pneumatic systems.
1: Who would have seen that coming, <laughs> right?
0: He's like, oh, well, I'm really interested in electricity, but that dumbass uh, kind of like sticking rock shit over there. Yeah. If you just did it like this, it's going to be like 70
1: times more efficient. It's too bad. Yeah. Who killed him? Government? That pigeon. <laughs> His wife.
0: <laughs> uh, so exhibit M is a letter where Tesla discusses the history of harnessing energy to tell the people how atomic energy is unnecessary and not well understood. He discusses the subject of, quote, wind, tides, lightning, and water power as a source of commercial energy. Oh, that's almost like what we've been trying to do for like the last 15 years. Uh, the end of it, he states that he can send electrical energy at a distance of 12,000 miles with a loss not exceeding 5%. I don't. I don't know. If that's good or not, that's incredible. Oh, okay. Yeah. From wind? I mean, I had a, I had a, you know, the, the, how they sell like that sticky backed uh, LED strip lighting. Yeah. It's yeah. like 20 feet. Yeah. Yeah. We took the 20 feet and we put it around the, the ceiling. Yeah. You could see how the, far the, the energy, the energy could like go because the lights got faded near the end. Wow. Yeah. It couldn't even go 20 feet. Or Without was Tesla losing. on that? Uh, well, they took all his shit. Fuck. <laughs> um, and yeah. that was one of the ones that really stuck out to me, because it's literally him talking about green energy.
1: Yeah, renewable energy. Through. Wind
0: technology, wave farming, uh, harnessing lightning.
1: Yeah. like
0: It's insane.
1: And we still don't do it to this day, and that was written at least before 1943.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I remember back in 2004 reading an article about a uh, proposed wave farm off the coast of England, uh, in between England and France, yeah. where it would be one square mile. Mm-hmm. That's all it would be.
1: And It would power England and France. It would, it
0: would power the majority of Europe.
1: Well, you don't even have to have it on the surface. There's under. Well, no, no, no. You want it on the surface. Yeah, but I'm, I'm saying like you don't the way, even have to. Well, the way it works is it's like uh, there's currents under under on the on the bottom of the ocean.
0: Yeah, but so imagine like a long metal tube, right? right. And the every no, just a long metal tube, and every few feet there's a uh, there's a a hinge. Yeah, that allows it to rotate. When the waves pass by it, this thing just f- goes with the waves, right? Yeah. And each one of those joints, while it's moving, it's creating electricity. Yeah. That's the motor. It is just the waves constantly being there. So putting it on top is is you don't need it to be that big. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. We don't use it at all. It's fucked up, right? Super fucked up. Um, exhibit N. Uh, so exhibit N describes sending large amounts of electricity from far distances. No, oh, so he's, he's all about that. So he's literally breaking it down and describing it in detail. Uh, exhibit O. Tesla proposed. A world system for wireless transmission of both power and communications, which ended up becoming radio. Oh, yeah, long the uh like the 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 long projecting radio waves. Mm-hmm. He conceptualized that way back in like the twenties. Yeah, AM. Yeah. So, Exhibit P uh, is an interview with Dr. Nikola Tesla by Alden P. Armango. Armango, Armango, no. Yeah, for Popular Science Monthly in 1928. It's an 11-page memorandum written in popular conversational style uh, describing an interview with Mr. Tesla and reporting his present work. This report includes statements on a new airplane, Mm. on rocket ships, on wireless transmission of power, on a world system plan for transmission of speech and television, on... The impracticability of harnessing atomic energy, on radioactivity, and on the acceleration of charged particles such as cathode rays by high voltage. Back in 1928. Yeah, we didn't go to the moon until '69.
1: We didn't go to the moon until '69. We didn't uh, finish World War II until 1945. Right? Jesus Christ! Calm down, Tesla. Give us some. Give us a break. I think that was like during the prohibition time too. So he was he was super sober. Yeah. I don't think he ever drank, but Tesla? I don't know. He pre- he doesn't seem like a partier. He's a fucking Venetian.
0: Yeah, Venusian. Venusian. A Venetian is someone from Venice. Oh. He, he might have been from Venice. That's why that's why Leonardo da Vinci is literally... his name is Leonardo of of, of Venice. Um so exhibit Q. Oh wow, we get the uh, last one. Oh geez. is uh an agreement dated April 20th, 1935, between Nikola Tesla and the Omtrog Trading Corporation, in which Tesla agreed to supply plans, specifications, and complete information on method and apparatus for producing high voltages up to 50 million volts Mm -hmm. for uh, for producing very small particles in a tube of open air for increasing the charge of the particles uh, to high voltage, higher potential, and projecting the particles' distances of hundreds of miles or more, the maximum speed of the particle was 350 miles per second. Jeez. The receipt was for $25,000 fee for the disclosure, uh, and then it went on to talk about their method of the agreement and what happened after yeah. that. But 1935... He sold that technology mm-hmm. for twenty five thousand dollars. What happened to that technology? <laughs> These people paid twenty five thousand dollars in nineteen thirty five for this shit. Where is it?
1: Uh, it's hard to say. How did this
0: become something that was not was seen as non applicable?
1: Well, it's like you know the the example that I've heard before, like giving a nuclear power reactor to someone in you know Victorian era, like. Yeah, they'll, they'll, they might be able to turn it on or something, but they have no fucking idea what they're doing. They have no clue what's going on. And Tesla, a genius, gives a, a company that also you have to remember companies are like Google sometimes where they buy up other competitors and just destroy them. Yeah. Maybe it was the train industry. They're like, wait, you can make something go how fast? No, we need to destroy this technology. We'll give you 25 grand.
0: Cause yeah, fair. That's what, what happened to, uh,
1: all of the trolley systems across the US. Yeah. That's what GM happened. GM bought it, just like go to shit. And same thing with LA. Uh they used to have a great transit system. Their their uh the transit system is uh, is coming back uh now. It's they've been rebuilding it in the last decade or so, but yeah, oh, GM bought shit. them and destroyed it too.
0: So, and just so you know, oh, the Om, the Torg Trading Corporation it's still around to this day. Um was the first trade representation of the Soviet Union in the United States? Communist established eleven years before this deal with Tesla. So he sold it to the Soviet
1: Union in '35. Then they made it into spam or something. I guess so. Like, oh, how do you make engine work? <laughs> oh, I don't know, comrade. But just, yeah, so now
0: after after that Trump letter, you know, there's a memo from '45 where the FBI catches wind the Soviet Union is attempting to get their hands on Tesla's items. Well, they already had one. Exactly. They want more. Uh, then they regurgitate the same information up to basically the end of the 50s when really, I guess, people just stopped asking them for shit.
1: Yeah, because, you know, like, how long are you going to ask the government, like, what happened to this stuff? You know, Exactly. They keep sending you Oh, you know, they're run around, you know, seven years of just fucking around. With, oh, no, we didn't touch any of it. No, there's no memos or documents that's going to be- What are you be, talking about? Come to just light one check, day? Just uh, don't check
0: numbers five, G or H. No, check G and H. Just don't check J and K, okay? Just like, don't check
1: J and K. One of the, wait, which one am I not supposed to check? I don't
0: look at uh, J or K. Oh. At the uh, storage facility on West 57th Street. You know, just don't oh. check it. Don't check- Please. That one. <laughs> So um yeah, that was that was the end of our Tesla documents, but there is one other thing that I do want to conceptualize before we sign off. Okay. Now you had heard about this. It was it was very new information to myself. Um there was a an event on June 30th, 1908. Yeah. In Russia called the Tunguska event. Oh, yeah, that one's pretty cool.
1: What does now, that have to do with Tesla?
0: Well, so so why, why don't you give your synopsis of the event for our, for our listeners real quick?
1: Oh, um, uh, I think they, well, the main theory that they think that happened was an asteroid uh, came very close. Because I guess asteroids don't hit the Earth as often as you might think in movies and shit. They actually come really close to it and just explode. Yeah, just burn up on entry. And it looks like a goddamn nuclear, like the, the Tsar Bomba, <laughs> you know, the biggest uh, nuclear bomb ever, ever put off. And it, like, devastated an entire forest. I want to say, like, a few hundred thousand square miles. It was a ridiculous explosion. Yeah, the blast zone was, like... It was something like like, like
0: 300,000 miles was, like, the initial blast. And, like, the, the rest went on for, like... Like, the the, the dust from some of the blasts was actually, like, scattered lightly around the world. But... Yeah. So here's the thing about Tunguska, right? was a world-ending uh, event, I think. So I I... I was looking into Tunguska because it was associated lightly with Tesla because Uh, so the Tunguska event, because there were about 500 plus, uh, eyewitnesses of the brightest light possible, which when I was watching an interview with one of these ladies in her like nineties, she was a child when it happened. she was like, we remember seeing a cylinder. Mm hmm. So there was a cylinder that came down. Yeah. Sorry, they're coming after us. Yeah. The police are here. Oh God. Oh thank God. They're just going to Randy's trailer. Oh my god, I thought they were coming here. Um I like that. Keep it in. I right, fuck fuck Randy. Oh, fine. Fuck Randy. Uh either way, <laughs> so this, this lady was talking about what happened. She said that they they saw a cil- cylinder a cylinder yeah. come down. And change its course and change its orientation. And then there was the bright... She said it looked like the sky tore open. Yeah. And that there was a new sun on Earth. And it was lightly above the surface.
1: So... Well, that's what alien um, people believe in the Tunguska effect. Uh, they think that there are, like, alien cannon, Tesla cannon type things all over the Earth that are... Because... Because especially for, like, Russia, we've had, like, in our lifetime, we've had, like, two or three, like, huge asteroids. You saw that one a few years ago where it was, like, it lit up the sky. Yeah. And then it just, like, fucked off. hmm Like, asteroids come at us all the time, and there's these alien cannons or some shit that shoot them down right before they're going to fuck everything up. Well, so
0: that's the thing, right, is that initially the Soviet Union did come out and say... Uh, we don't know what did this. We uh, we know that there was something in the airspace. We don't know what it was. Um, and they initially said, we don't think it's an asteroid. Yeah. After that, they went back and said, oh, by the way, there was this massive asteroid. Would have taken out the entire planet. You're super yeah. lucky it didn't kill us. That's it. Because they, they were fighting their own revolutions at the time. Yeah, they're so a little busy. It wasn't until like 15 years later they actually sent people to go investigate, right? That,
1: yeah, but that's, that's always Soviet Union fucking
0: practices. Well, no, because they had a film crew, and I was watching the film of their initial investigation, mm-hmm. where you can see the full-size trees just
1: flattened. Yeah, like uh, not just a few, like an entire forest
0: of flattened yeah. trees. and it all comes from one central spot. Mm-hmm. The weird thing is that there's no impact zone. Yeah, because it never
1: touched the earth, or that's what they believe. They yeah, but like, if it
0: never touched the Earth, how could it have flattened all of the trees from one specific epicenter
1: Because without denting the ground? They said something about the iron core of the asteroid heated up to a certain degree and just caused an explosion. Sure. That's what they
0: say. So, the Tesla theory on this is that because in 1908, when this happened, he was in Colorado. Playing around with light bulbs in the ground. No, he was talking with uh he was talking about sending electricity through the earth and through the ionosphere yeah uh and he was starting to conceptualize the fact that he could do it very powerfully that's when he was making the balls of fire in the air
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, and he was saying that he could send those to anything anywhere and cause basically a massive massive explosion
1: interesting when
0: he was talking about doing it on a naval ship the he said the the explosion from the change in the frequencies Mm Mm-hmm on every inch of vibration of the ship would have uh, obliterated the ship far, far more than the secondary explosion of all of the bombs on the ship.
1: Yeah. Um, so in
0: 1908, Tesla was actually feuding with this guy who was an explorer trying to find the North Pole. <laughs> um, and so people speculate that because Tesla knew he would be in the North Pole he wanted to show off his newest shit to this guy Mm -hmm. and cause something up near where he was in the middle of nowhere to explode in front of him. Oh, shit. To be like, oh, my God, Tesla did that. And Tesla would write, I'm like, hey, did you see my little explosion that I sent you? Obviously, I can do it. Yeah. And they think that he missed the North Pole because he wasn't very good at it. And so he (laughs) sent this beam towards the North Pole overshot well, he missed. <laughs> and hit Tunguska because really if there was a cylinder in the air yeah, that's all he needed mm-hmm. every single molecule of that thing would be vibrating Yeah, and he would rip it to shreds and cause the biggest explosion ever seen and they did find chunks of metal embedded in those trees that were laying down interesting so that's what I think really happened, was Tesla was fucking around and caused the Tunguska event.
1: Okay. It's, it's plausible. Yeah. It's possible. I didn't say it wasn't possible.
0: No, you said it was plausible. It's plausible.
1: What's the difference?
0: Um, one is conceptual, one is
1: actual. Theoretically speaking, it's plausible.
0: Yeah, I think realistically and historically speaking, it
1: happened. Whoa. Boom. (laughs) Watch out. Watch out, listeners.
0: Well, thank you, everyone, for uh, indulging me and uh, letting me dump this shit out of my brain. It has been truly a pleasure to dig through the crap for you guys. Uh, 458,000 pages. Something like that. And, uh, you know, you always want to stay out there, stay wild, stay vigilant, stay... uh, Really, just keep your fucking eyes open. Yeah. Because... Remember what I said about them cutting material. Go if you don't believe a newscast, if you don't, if something seems fishy, watch the full uncut footage to find out for yourself. Okay. If that's the only thing you take away from this, so stay vigilant, stay wild. We'll see you next Wednesday.
1: Yeah, Wild Wasteland Wednesday. I love you. Go fuck yourself.
0: Damn it.